When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. Welcome to the Solid Verbal. The Solid Verbal. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I've heard so many players say, well, I want to be happy. You want to be happy for a day? Eat a steak. It's that woo-woo! And now, Dan and Ty. Welcome back to the Solid Verbal Boys and Girls. My name is Ty. Hildenbrandt, that fine gentleman over there, as always, Dan Rubenstein. Still incomparable, albeit a little bit colder in the heart of the Midwest, Chicago, Illinois. (laughs) Sir! Welcome back in. How are you? I'm good. I... I'm not giving up, Ty, but I am very close to needing just some me time with a giant bulletin board to figure out where the hell everybody is going in this sport. It's just an elaborate roster swingers party where everybody's getting in on that portal action, in, out, moving, whatever. And I don't know, maybe I'm washed up, Ty. I mean, I'm definitely washed up, but there is something about needing to follow Oh, what's his name? At uh, it, he does a really good job with the portal, and I'm I'm not taking this lightly. Matt Zenitz, yeah, yeah, at on three, where I'm like, oh my god, does this guy sleep? Um, so I'm doing my best here, Ty. I'm I'm connecting yarn and index cards to figure out where everybody's going because man, is it active? Is it so very very active? And it all happening at the same time as recruiting. I called it a flurry before, but man, I am I need to reboot, Ty. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Bo Nick's not going anywhere. That's nice. Bo is back. That's nice that I don't have to keep track. Yeah. Bo's back, baby. Bo Nix and Eugene. I don't I'm, I'm very happy about that. He was statistically one of the very best quarterbacks in the country and, you know, his his injury was at a bad time, but that makes me happy as an Oregon fan. I can't I have no idea who is on the Oregon roster. It is the team I pay closest attention to. <laughs> I have no idea who is going to sign on signing day or not sign on signing day or is in or out of the portal. It is become a lot. It's putting an me. AAU team together every offseason now. That's what yeah. that's what essentially this has become. I'm here for it, man. I'm here. I'm you still waiting. I'm eagerly awaiting to find out who Notre Dame's quarterback is going to be in 2023, if not Tyler Buckner. They are right. reportedly looking for a transfer quarterback. That, of course, after the news broke of Drew Pine transferring, he visited BYU, apparently visiting Arizona State, which would throw, I think, a little bit more wood on the fire that You've been stoking a bit that mm-hmm. the hires and the Kenny Dillingham experience thus far has been a bit underwhelming, in your opinion. We've had sure. people disagree with us, but I don't know. <laughs> if Drew Pine ends up there, that could be okay. Take a step back, maybe reconsider, folks. This episode, all of our episodes are driven by our good friends over at Geico. If you are listening to this, you've only got like inside of a month, about three weeks to buy tickets for the LA Live show. We've been yes. talking it up, talking it up. 
SolidVerbalLive.com is where you go to get tickets. We're playing the Troubadour. It's going to be Saturday, January the 7th. It's going to be an awesome time. And we're we're in the process of putting the content together. We have a pretty good idea for what that show is going to be. Again, the working title is One True Champion. I'm very excited about this, this show. It's going to be oh. a really good show. So good. SolidVerbalLive.com. And forget everything else. You're going to get a great show. And if you want, should you choose, you get to meet Ty Hildenbrandt. You can, I'll let you smell dope. the hair if you come to LA. SolidVerbalLive.com. So here's what we're going to do on this episode, Dan. Um, because it is a fairly big week in the world of recruiting, mm-hmm. we are going to save all of that news, be it transfer portal stuff, be it new signees for the show that's going to drop on Thursday for the general public Wednesday for our folks at Verballers.com. We're going to talk later in the day on Wednesday to Brandon Hoffman of 24-7 Sports. He's going to help us break down and understand and recap everything that goes on this week. Again, with it being early signing day and there's so much activity in the portal and guys decommitting and recommitting. Just take a deep breath. We're going to give ourselves a few days to process, to figure it out, to make some charts and bullets. And (laughs) maybe you can make your cork board. Yep. We will cover all of that a little bit later on in the week when it is more, I think, appropriate to do so. Sure. For the time being. Hey, what happened? We recruited Freddie Willard from our Spotify live show to break down what has transpired throughout the world of bulls. And we're also going to do a bit of a bowl preview to get you up to up to snuff, really get you up to speed and ready for the week of bowls ahead. It's a fairly light week of games. Things really start to tick up after the holiday weekend next weekend. But we want to make sure that we give you sufficient info, just a little bit above and beyond what we did on the bowl confidence preview last week. We -hmm. want to go into these games in a little bit more detail and make sure that you're ready for you know, as your channel surfing, like a lot of people start getting off from work this week and you might flip on the TV and you see that a game is on. We want to make sure you have a few nuggets, a few morsels that you can sink your teeth into. Uh, these preview nuggets brought to you by Extra Nuggets, new <laughs> podcast from Solid Verbal Media, extranuggets.show. It's me. It's Adam Amin. It's Jeopardy categories explored. There you go. Extra Nuggets. Wherever. That was a pro segment right there. Thank you. Thank you. Wherever. Fine. Fine podcasts are found. So, look, we had a bunch of bowl games that went down, about eight or nine of them in total, Dan. And I was hoping maybe I could just rip through them and tell you what happened. Rip through. We had, by the way, well over a thousand folks join the Winter Wonders Bowl Confidence Pool out at ESPN.com. We will start going through some of those results here in a little bit, but it's a little bit premature to do that as of now. But thank you to everybody who tuned in to that bowl preview um, episode. Thank you to everybody who decided they want to sign up at Winter Wonders. It'll be a good time. Here's what transpired. The first game of the day was a banger. <laughs> you watched the first game of the day, the Bahamas Bowl. Uh, they had Joey Galloway and Steve Levy on the call, which is a pretty good team to take over to the Bahamas. I'm sure Steve Levy was wearing that Bahamas, um, uh, you know, like the, the Hawaiian shirt. I didn't see a shot of the booth, but Steve Levy feels like the type of guy who would wear a, a Hawaiian shirt of sorts. Um, 24 to 20 UAB knocks off Miami, Ohio, Dan came down to the last play. It did came down to the wire. The last play of the game, the receiver for Miami, Ohio, they're driving stop short about two yards short of the game winning touchdown. As time expired, UAB gets the dub 24 to 20. The fighting Dilfers live to see another seven win season. Yeah. Good for UAB. In the Cure Bowl, bit of a defensive slugfest, Dan. UTSA got off to a 12 to nil lead and then was held scoreless for the final 36 minutes. Uncharacteristically, five turnovers for the Roadrunners as they lose to a very defensive-minded Troy Trojan squad that we've been talking up really since the preseason. Mm-hmm. 18 to 12. Not a typical football score, but very fitting of the defensive brand of football that we saw. Yeah, absolutely. A really nice win for the Trojans. They get to 12 wins and UTSA still uh, a march forward as a program, you know, another really successful season for Jeff trailer and the road runners. So nothing to hold your head low for, but uh, yeah, decent, uh, decent win there for Troy Two two conference winners swearing off early on in bowl season. So to get to 12 is no small deal. 
The Vegas Bowl, Oregon State 30 to 3 over Florida. Shout out to our friend in the desert, Tim Murray, who was doing mm-hmm. radio work as like oh. a sideline reporter in this game. I don't know if you saw that. Love it. Yeah. Shout out Tim, a good friend of the show, was on stage with us when we did the DC live show way back when, I guess in 2019, 2018 now. Whenever Taller than you think. Taller yep. than you think. Yep. Yep. Big wingspan. Tim Murray. <laughs> Love him. Love him like a brother. Okay. First start. <laughs> really? For Florida freshman, redshirt freshman, transfer quarterback, Jack Miller the third after Anthony Richardson declared and opted out. And it showed. Um, yeah. It did show. He wasn't particularly good. The offense as a whole was really out of sync. They had something like six false starts. In total, the team had 11 penalties, just 200, a little over 200 yards mm-hmm. of total offense for the Gator offense. Oregon State dominated. Um, they were up 30 to nil. I'm using soccer terminology now a day after the world. It's Cup, okay. You. Do your thing up 30 to nil for the near entirety of this game. Florida kicked a field goal inside of the final minute to get on the board, but 30 and to continue three. their continue their non shutout streak as well. I don't know if you saw that as well. They were in danger of losing the longest, not being shut out streak. 30 to three was your final score. Yeah, shout out to the Beavs winning 10 games. Think about the lows that they were seeing in the midst of the Gary Anderson era. (laughs) Sorry. 10 and three. Yeah. Uh, But the Beavs get to 10 wins, a very impressive season, especially with the step forward that they took on defense. And to get to 10 wins without really any consistent quarterback play, (laughs) that's a challenge. Challenge accepted by Jonathan Smith and the Beavers finish in the top 15. And just uh, to, to beat Florida... Context aside, every Florida was missing a lot to beat Florida with everybody watching this game. That's you're going to watch bowl games. Awesome. Awesome show. Can, can I tell you what surprises me about Oregon State? Please. Um, not just the fact that they've played this well with something called Ben Goldbrunson at quarterback, but um, I have been pleasantly surprised at the number of other analysts, real college football analysts mm-hmm. who have been talking up Oregon State as a destination for a transfer quarterback. Oh, yeah. You know, we talked about it a little bit on our show whenever we did the transfer portal show, I guess late last week. But I have heard countless others now talking up Oregon State as being a quarterback away for a team that went two and ten in the not so distant past to be at this moment now with a good coach, a coach that's done good things right in Corvallis and to now suddenly have them appear high on these lists as a destination, as opposed to an afterthought, I think is a testament to what Jonathan Smith has done in a very short period of time. Yeah. I mean, you look at the quarterbacks that, that were developed at Washington and you know, Jonathan Smith was the former park ranger of the Jake forest. That's right. Uh, You go to go to Corvallis. If you're a transfer quarterback with promise, probably better than what they have on the roster now. All right, the remaining five games, the Fenway Bowl. Fenway Bowl was Louisville 24, Cincinnati 7, Dan. Since he had 127 yards of offense, they were 2 of 10 on third downs. Evan Prater got the start, didn't have a particularly great game. No. They got crushed. Despite four Louisville turnovers and no Malik Cunningham, Louisville basically crushed Cincinnati 24 to 7. Yeah, they ran all over them. They ran all over them. You know, I don't pay especially close attention to games featuring two backup quarterbacks. So I was just sort of in and out with this one and it seemed kind of over early. But uh, yeah, for all the uh, the ups and downs of the Louisville season, including losing their coach to the team that they played in this bowl game, always good to finish with a win. Even if it means nothing in terms of momentum going into next year with a brand new coach, winning's better than losing. Jimmy Kimmel, L.A. Bowl, Fresno wins by 23 over Wazoo, they hammered him, just hammered him. They outgained him 501 to 182. Dude alert for Jordan Mims, who went over 200 on the ground yes. for Fresno. The highlight of this game for me was the interaction between Jimmy Kimmel and Molly McGrath. Did you see that? I didn't. What happened? Jimmy Kimmel, being noted funny man, yeah. asks a very pregnant Molly McGrath if the naming rights for her child are up for sale. <laughs> just like bowl games are, yeah. Just like bowl games. And Molly McGrath misspoke and said, basically, she didn't mean to say this, but she ended up saying to Jimmy Kimmel that the rights to the baby were up for sale. Oh, interesting. Jimmy Kimmel, noted funny man, very good on his feet, 
in that moment said, no, no, I don't want the baby. Just the naming rights. Yeah. Just the naming rights. I'm good. I'm good on kids. So yeah. that was fun. That was, that, that was, was good. a nice uh, little sidebar moment. Fresno had their roster and coaching staff largely in place. Uh, Wazoo very much did not as they lose their defensive coordinator to ASU and offensive coordinator is the new head coach. Memory serves Eric Morris to uh, North Texas and had a bunch of opt-outs and transfers. So Wazoo, not to make excuses, you got to win with what you got, uh, didn't have much in terms of ability to hang with a good Fresno team that certainly better than where they were mid-season when Jake Hayner was hurt. Lending tree bowl, Frank Gore sees sees your dude alert for Jordan Mims and says, (laughs) I'll re-raise 329 yards and two touchdowns on the ground, set all sorts of bull records, for Southern Miss for himself as they win 38 to 24 over Rice in the Lending Tree Bowl, Dan. That was a big in. Big in for Frank Gore Jr. Uh, makes us all feel old, frankly, but mm-hmm. pretty good game. 329 on the ground. Pretty good game, Ty yeah. adds to tag the story. Yeah, pretty good. Eight, Not bad. All of the yards. Really nice end of the season for Southern Miss. And look, Rice made a bowl game. That's kind of a win. New Mexico Bowl, 24 to 23 in favor of BYU over SMU. BYU led 24 to 10 after three quarters. SMU comes charging back. They score the would-be game-tying field goal with eight seconds left. They say we're going for two. Mm-hmm. I love it. The anti-Brian Harson. I love it. They go for two. Game-tying extra point, not field goal. Yeah. Correct. Excuse me. Could have kicked the extra point to tie it, decide to go for two. The, the conversion fails. So I have no idea if we are in a renaissance of teams saying, screw it, let's go for two. I love it. Bowl but season it feels it. as if we are, and I love it. I love it. BYU, by the way, went full Navy here since Jaron Hall didn't play at quarterback, and they ended up running it 42 times here. Great. And then the, fi- the final game here for us to recap ever so briefly, the Frisco Bowl. Pretty good game, actually. This was Boise yes. against North Texas. Interesting factoid that may only interest me. <laughs> Did you know this was the first time since 2019 that Boise was competing in a bowl game? This was the how many times? The, the first, first time, time since 2019. The first time since 2019. So they opted out in 2020. Okay. And then the game last year, I believe against Central Michigan, the Arizona Bowl was straight up canceled. Right. That's right. Okay. Wow. That's weird. So it's been a while. Boise, a a name brand team, right? On the group of five level, just in the college football level in general. Everybody knows Mm -hmm. Boise, but first time they've actually competed in a bowl game in three years. Uh, And like I said, it was a good game. There were over 300 yards on the ground for Boise, but a pretty even match throughout. We didn't know what to expect from North Texas here, Um, but North Texas gave it a go. North Texas, of course, dealing with some of their own strife with their coach being let go and mm-hmm. just weren't sure what kind of an effort they were going to get. Um, interestingly, this was their sixth straight bowl loss. So they've been to bowl games six of the last seven years. They've lost all six. So bet against the Mac, Dan says, bet against the mean green. Bet against the mean green. Yeah. Um, yeah. Boise started slow, came out second half, very strong on the ground. George Helani got hurt. Star running back. George Helani yeah. got hurt for, for Boise. It might be an ankle. I'm not sure. Uh, but either way, they had enough depth there and they really just went straight at North Texas. So a nice comeback win of sorts for Boise. State. 35 to 32 was your final. So a lot of points yes. in the Frisco Bowl. A little, mm-hmm. little bit more frisky than I expected. Ooh. In the, Frisco Bowl. the Solid Verbal is sponsored by BetterHelp. Here's a question. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Would you take a nap? You know, a lot of us spend our lives wishing we had a little more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you in the first place. Therapy can help you figure that out and help you make it a priority so you can do more of it. Therapy can benefit everyone. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, or just trying to find the best version of yourself. It's not just for folks who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash solid today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P 
com slash solid. Should we talk about some bowls that are coming up this week? Would love to. So we're recording this on Monday, December 19th. You're listening to this potentially on Monday, December 19th. If you're listening on verballers.com, I urge you to check it out. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, December 20th, coming up real shortly here, Eastern Michigan against San Jose State. Spartans of San Jose State. Brennan. Brent Brennan, excuse me. Hold on. Hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you launching right into the bowl games before I have a chance to play the bowl barge? Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. The barge with the bowls is here. All aboard. Military. Pinstripe. Texas. Holiday. Camping World. Cotton. First responders. Music City. Redbox. And Orange. So here's the thing. Many of the bowl games listed in that sound are not ones we're talking about. Some of them no longer exist. <laughs> Confirmed. But I found it and I like the sound. We used it a couple years ago and I'm not going to change it. I'm not going to just like you. our intro, just like some of the other stuff that we play that people grow fond of. I really like that. So I'm not changing it. We're just going to let them in there in perpetuity. Can I get into the famous Idaho potato bowl now? Please. Because the game was, might be happening as we speak, depending on when and where you're listening. I don't know. Um, Eastern Michigan didn't do anything crazy except beat Arizona State and get Herm Edwards escorted off of the premises. <laughs> that was their, I, to me, biggest contribution of the season. Uh, San Jose State, Siobhan Cordero, Hawaii transfer. Pretty good for the Spartans. Um, Eastern Michigan didn't really play anyone decent outside of Toledo, which was close. Um but Eastern Michigan, they tackle well. They stop big plays. Here's a theme of the games that I'm previewing because we split some of these games up. A lot of high-end defensive line talent. In this one, it's Jose Ramirez, all-MAC performer, uh, defensive lineman, big-time problem. Yeah. And San Jose State themselves, big-time pass rush. Uh, Viliami Fajoko, big wow. problem. Fifth-year guy for San Jose State. And so Spartans favored by four. Over there in Boise in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, and for my games, you'll be shocked to learn that I have pizza recommendations for all of these places. Okay. Head to Tony's or Americana. I haven't been to either, but my Google image search told me they might be pretty good. All right. Beautiful. That's it. Beautiful. I've got the roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. Oh, I've been to Boca. I have not. Um, it's pretty good. Liberty and Toledo. So Toledo was favored by five, I believe, when we did our confidence preview that line has come down to three and a half now. They play this one 7.30 p.m. on the 20th, maybe today, depending on when you're listening. If you're not listening over at everballers.com. Uh, you know, it, we sort of know what the deal is, I think, with Liberty. I'm not crazy about either team, which is why I only went 16 confidence points on okay. Toledo when I picked the game last week. I would probably veer on the side of Toledo minus the three and a half, but don't take my word for it because my picks have been dreadful. They have been dreadful. I'm not actually betting on this game. Just saying if I had to pick, I would probably go with Toledo here. Um, You know that Hugh Freeze left Liberty for Auburn. We talked through how there are some key contributors on the defensive side of the ball for Liberty that are also transferring out. Ahmad Walker, Dre Butler among them. That is notable because despite the fact that In the Malik Willis years at Liberty, Hugh Freeze sort of garnered a name for himself with having this electric offense. That was not really the brand of football that Liberty played this year. They're actually better on defense. Yeah. So to lose a couple guys on the defensive side of the ball, I think is I think is problematic. Um, On top of the fact that you've got the whole Hugh Freeze angle with your coach leaving and what what state of mind does that leave the team in on the Toledo side? I feel better about Toledo because. They did have Daquan Finn back for the conference championship game a couple weeks ago now, and he looked good. He he looked healthy. So having him back, I think, will help buoy an offense that, you know, was just very, very average. They, again, were more of a defensive branded team. Um, Yeah. So having Finn back, I think, will help. I think I'm on the Rockets here. I, I like Toledo's chances, if only because they don't quite have that turnover to deal with, you know, turnover in a different sense of the world. Uh, different sense of the word, excuse me, given what's going on at Liberty. So if I'm coming down on any side of the fence, sir, I probably go Toledo in the Boca Bowl. They're your care team. Yeah. They They're are. your care they very much team. Are the okay. Care team. I like picking against the Mac, but yes, Toledo's certainly better with the Quan Finn in there. He was beat up this year. Um, yeah. And totally right about Liberty. We saw that performance against Arkansas led by the defense really handled the hogs up front in a winning effort. All right. 
Next game. Next game. Let's go to Wednesday, Dan. Who do you got for Wednesday? All right. Wednesday, we have the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Pizza Hey-o. Delicious. Pizza Delicious is my recommendation. Hey, this is a good matchup. It's a really good matchup because yeah, Western Kentucky, a very, very efficient offense, even with losing what they did after last year, including a Patriots quarterback in Bailey Zappi, correct? That's right. That's correct. Uh, the toppers beat UAB, beat Middle Tennessee, who's a bowl team, not all that great, but they are, as I mentioned, extremely efficient on offense. South Alabama, by the way, very quiet, at least to me. Kane Womack, great job. You win that many games at South Alabama, and he's from the, the Tom Allen tree. Uh, you're going to get interest from big schools because they were, what, a gust of wind away from beating UCLA in L.A. in front of dozens, Ty. I repeat, dozens of people 32, in the 31, Rose Bowl. They lost, yeah. 32-31. Three. Questionable fake field goaling. But, yeah, in front of all sorts of families. <laughs> um, and then really close to Troy. I think they, they lose what? What was the score? 10-6. They, they lost two games this season by a combined five points. Yes. So, Jags, very quietly, ascending the college football ranks. Again, Kane Womack, who was at South and then went to Indiana and was Tom Allen's linebacker's coach, comes back and does just a bang-up job. So, that's just a a really good game. Jags are favored by four and a half in New Orleans. So, I strongly recommend, if you have some free time around kickoff, watch it. Yeah, this is is an interesting contest for a couple reasons, but and I'll come back to what I said, I believe, on the the confidence preview that we did. But Austin Reed, the quarterback for Western Kentucky, threw his name in the portal and then withdrew. Mm-hmm. And I believe will be playing in this game, which is nice for Western. That is nice for Western. I'm in on South Alabama, though. Yep. I'm in on South Alabama. Um, you know, it Austin Reed isn't the only name on the Western side that was questionable for this bowl game. There are some others that have decided that they're going to transfer. Um, so it feels to me like a really good spot for South Alabama. I'm actually quite confident in this result for the Jags. So I, and, and I'm thrilled they're in a game like this. I'm thrilled they had sure. the kind of season that they did. They were another team that I remember we talked up in the preseason wondering what kind of a year it might be. We saw the potential. They've been really good on defense. The point spread has come down originally. I think when we did our preview last week, again, Seven and a half points, that's come down. And probably because of the Austin Reed news, now it's about four and a half. But I, th- I still think I favor the Jags here. Uh, they also lost the toppers, lost, and then gained uh, an all-conference caliber linebacker. And I think it's Jaquez Evans, yep. who had entered the portal and right. came back in as well. Yep. So, yeah, should be a fun game. Uh, next, what do you have? On Thursday, the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl between Baylor and Air Force. This is a weird matchup to me. <laughs> yeah. This is a weird matchup. And you will know I've, I have not been a Baylor fan this season. Dating all the way back to the preseason, I just, something about this team weirded me out and I couldn't throw my weight behind them. And again, they've done the thing that they've been really good at doing, at least from my perspective, and that is leaving me constantly in a position of not knowing what to make of them. Mm-hmm. They did it all season long. What we know about Baylor is that they're not good against the run. And what we know about Air Force is that they led the nation in rushing offense. So that in and of itself seemingly presents a bit of a conflict. Air Force ran for 331 per game. They also led in time of possession. So you just kind of extrapolate out what that means. What that means is they do really well what Baylor can't stop. And they also are going to drain the life out of the ball. They're going to lead in time of possession. They're going to make your offense be efficient, not something that Baylor has been particularly good at. So this is one of those games, man. I put 17 on Baylor, and I wish I had thought a little bit more about it, but I'm not going to change my mind. You're not changing? No, I'm going to stick with Baylor. I'm going to stick to my guns. I don't want to do the thing that I do during the NCAA tournament, which is change my picks when when, when I hear something that spooks me a little bit. Baylor is still favored in this game by four and a half. They're still favored. Maybe the wrong team is favored. I think you can make a case for that, but I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to go bears. I am going to hedge though. And I'm going to say air force plus the points because it feels like a matchup to me that is ripe for the underdog here. So I, I have, I have air force with a good amount of confidence. There's a lot to like on the air force side, right? And, and if only because of that matchup, the, the rushing defense, 
the rushing defense for Baylor versus the rushing offense for uh, Air Force. The other side of that, by the way, Baylor was able to put together a decent ground assault this year via Richard Reese and some others. Um, Air Force, very, very good. A top 10 caliber rushing defense as well. Yeah. So I don't know if they played anybody the caliber of Baylor, which is probably why this point spread is where it's at. But um, I will stick to my guns here, even though I am not confident at all in Baylor. What what's the like Christmas equivalent of one two three Cancun? Like one two three candy cane, <laughs> one two three Santa. Like think, put yourself in the shoes of a Baylor defensive player. Right, uh, school gets rid of your defensive coordinator and Ron Roberts. They part ways. Yep. You go through a dramatic season in which you do a good amount to win games, right? They like they handled Texas pretty well for a chunk of that game. They lose at the gun to TCU. Uh, I mean, they get absolutely demolished by it. Was it Kansas State? Yes, by Kansas State. Right. Um, you have all these ups and downs. They finish the season losing three straight. And then <laughs> right before, you know, so you got finals and then right before the holidays, the Interim defensive situation is all right, everybody, let's prepare for the option, or you can go home for Christmas right after. Right. So I just think there is something to Baylor's defense getting gashed in this game by Air Force. Yeah, That's there's all. a little bit if if you want, I, I don't know if I have like um an equivalent outside of what I experienced working in corporate America mm-hmm. the week before Christmas, but most places have some sort of holiday party. And then after the holiday party, like you can go into work, but you don't have to. Or if you're there, nobody's really looking to see how hard you're working. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of a field of that here in the Armed Forces Bowl for Baylor. Going through the motion. That's all. Where is the Armed Forces Bowl, by the way? They played in Fort Worth. Okay. So there is that home ish town. I mean, Waco's closer to Fort Worth than Air Force is, but. Yeah. I just think there is something so clear about like, let's just, let's show up. Let's get our Ogeo backpack and let's re-gift it three days later to little sister. Yeah. All right. Let's move to Friday. Final next final couple games here. All right. Uh, after the Armed Forces Bowl, I have the Independence Bowl. Frank's looks very good in Shreveport, by the way. Louisiana, okay. Houston, uh, Louisiana, a tough stretch early on. The offense was, you know, without pretty without, excuse me, without Billy Napier was pretty bad. All year long. The defense was decent. Zion Hill Green, uh, big dude up front, defensive tackle, was a problem for everybody the Raging Cajuns played. Uh, speaking of a problem, uh, Houston's defense went from, ooh, really interesting in 2021, to arguably the biggest disappointing disaster of 2022. They're still in this game, but they're in this game because of Clayton Toon and Tank Dell, a very successful passing offense. Um, they just, the Cougars could not close, couldn't beat a number of also bad defenses on their schedule. Their best win was a six and six Memphis win. That was barely, um, I don't know. I, I don't know who the momentum, if anybody has it is with, but either way it has the feel of a chaotic matchup in Shreveport. So that's good. Yeah. I mean, Houston's one of those teams that I think we're going to be scratching our head. I loved them coming into the air. So did I. idiot. We, yeah. we were really into Houston coming into the season and it just didn't materialize. It seemed like this was going to be the year that the, the Holgerson thing was going to take flight, that they were unlucky last year and that this was, this was going to be the year. And it started off really poorly. Yeah. It just never really came together in the way that we thought. So um, I was on Houston with a fair amount of confidence in this one. Um, I, I still feel that way, but I think their offense is the clear best. Their offense is the clear best thing. It's just with this Houston team, putting any degree of confidence on what to expect week to week is a bit of a, that that's the risk, right? Yeah. They're a little more consistent as the season went on, but even still, when you have that defense that bad, there's only so much you can do. Final game here on the list is for you, for me, excuse me, is the Gaspar. Yes. Wake Forest, a one-point favorite against Mizzou. They play this one, Raymond James Stadiums in Tampa, Dan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know my guiding precepts now when it comes to the CARE acronym, which you so... Um, Do you want me to read it out? Yeah, I mean, go ahead. Why not? 
Just care. so people people want to if, if people are wondering, what does that mean? C for crap. Don't pick them. A about to be a new team. Crap meaning, down the stretch. Crap down the stretch. Crap down the stretch. Yes. Final, you know, November ish month of the season, whatever. Uh, a about to be a new team decimated by opt outs, injuries, coach losses are real scary picking an interim coach mm-hmm. or E end of the day. Just go with your gut about who cares more. And Wake Forest very clearly violates that C, the number one rule. That's the first true. thing you look at. Let's look at what a team did down the stretch. Wake Forest was two and four down the stretch after their bye week in mid-October. And just one and five or something against the spread. The teams figured them out. And I don't, I don't know what it was. We see it happen. Like we saw it happen um, with some other schools as well, where it like suddenly you just get figured out. Maybe it was an ACC thing. North Carolina had it happen to them as well. But long story short, I just feel like the last six weeks of the season for Wake Forest are a big red flag. And I don't want to pick them. I don't want to pick them in this game against Mizzou. Now Mizzou's got some of their own guys on defense who are transferring out. And this was a team that was led by defense. Um, but, and, and when I say transfer out, I should say opting for the draft, not transferring, but opting right. out. Nonetheless, this is a team led by defense. I'm sure they're going to have to deal with some of their own issues. Now filling in those gaps. However, this is a team that clearly wanted to get to a bowl game and they played hard to get there. They needed a win over Arkansas last game of the year in order to get it. They are here now. I expect that they're going to put in a pretty solid effort. I also am a little bit like you bowing at the altar of Brady Cook. Like we're yeah, sort of, Brady's cooking, baby. We're, we're sort of in like Brady cooking a little bit with gas now. Yeah. As the season warmed up. I, I'm 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 a little bit more in on Mizzou we're ready, than I was. We're ready to be heard again as people believing in Mizzou. We're ready. Offense. We're ready yeah. to to start talking about it publicly again. Yeah. So I'm not feeling great about Wake Forest. I'm definitely feeling better about Mizzou with the way they close things out. The X factor here, and I've not read a whole lot about this, but I think it's worth just keeping an eye on because we've got a couple days now for things to materialize and. Mm-hmm. Hell, in this new world of college football, things happen very quickly. Sam Hartman has a decision to make. Okay, Sam Hartman, I believe, per Dave Clawson, when he talked about this matchup, said back at the beginning of the month that he believed Sam Hartman was going to play. Sam Hartman told the coaching staff that he was probably going to play in this bowl game. Obviously, Sam Hartman playing in this bowl game gives Wake Forest a much, much better chance of winning the game. Sam Hartman being Sam Hartman. Mm -hmm. He also could transfer. He would be a six-year quarterback who still has eligibility because of the COVID year. He could transfer out if he wanted to, and people would want Sam Hartman. For sure. Okay. He also could go pro. He could go pro. He could opt out if he wanted. So I have not, in, in in the absence of any hardcore confirmation one way or the other, and I look before we hit record, it just feels like there's a bit of an open question there around Sam Hartman. If Sam Hartman decides he's not playing in this bowl game, I, I would be inclined to elevate the number of confidence points. I already have a Mizzou. I already yeah. feel good about Mizzou here for the reasons I described earlier. But if Hartman's out, then I'm I'm out on Wake Forest entirely. You proposed to your wife on Christmas Day some years ago, correct? Christmas Eve, but yes. Christmas Eve, enough, excuse close me. Enough, close enough. Um, just tying it back to Sam Hartman, when you said, hey, Kate, will you marry me? Did she say, probably. <laughs> She probably didn't, is my guess. Probably is a tough thing to hear if that's how the conversation went with, you're going to play in this game? Probably. It was paraphrased. It was paraphrased. I understand. And and, and the the report that I read that he he certainly intends. Oh, okay. I certainly intend to marry you, Todd. Which is a stronger probably, probably <laughs> but tough. still kind of leaving the door open, right? Yeah. I'm positive we're at least partially misrepresenting the conversation, but that's okay. That's what we it's do. Fine. It's fine. Um, it's a Gasparilla Bowl. I like Mizzou. I'm ready to be hurt again by this offense that loses in crazy ways. So <laughs> um, I'm going with Mizzou, and I just I know what the the Wake offense is and is not capable of doing at any given time. And so who knows? Let's go with the defense of the, of the Tigers. I can tell you what's going to end up happening. What's going to end up happening because we're doing this in an on-demand world. The mm-hmm. second this episode sees public light we're gonna get a thousand emails like yo sam hartman you were dead wrong about that yep mia culpa don't care 
don't happens. care. I'm just saying if Sam Hartman's not part of this game, then I I would take a stronger position on the Mizzou side. You have nothing. You have done nothing beyond showing yourself to be somebody who is willing to be constantly wrong. That's right. This year specifically. The altar this of year tie, specifically. The altar of tie. That 0 for 15 streak will be put into Cooperstown. Uh, or what What did we call it? The uh, the Atlanta Hall of Fame yurt yeah, that we're yurt. going to pop up in the actual Hall of Fame parking lot. Be All in right. The yurt. Yep. Uh, final game? Final game. All right. The final game is the Hawaii Bowl. Hawaii. You said it right. Thank you very much. Honolulu Brickfire Tavern is what looks good to my eyes for pizza. Middle Tennessee against San Diego State. Aztecs, seven-point favorites at the time of this recording. Obviously, Middle Tennessee and their highlight of the season was beating Miami and beating them soundly. Mario Cristobal's hurricane team. Uh, they opened the season getting destroyed by James Madison, who was a fantastic story this year. Uh, I suppose the Blue Raiders were led by a, a so-so run defense. It, they weren't a great team. They can throw it a little bit, not much downfield. Uh, Jordan Ferguson, a star at defensive end. And San Diego State, I have no idea what to make of. They scored 30 and 40 points near the end of the season and then got absolutely trucked uh, yeah. by Air Force, at least the Air Force defense scoring three points. Uh, Jonah Tavai, very strong up front on defense for the Aztecs, but neither one of these teams should fill you with confidence about anything really right now. So I suppose if you're a betting human, take the points just because you have a better chance of winning because you can win in two different ways. But no, just watch this game on Christmas Eve with your loved ones because it's still the Hawaii Bowl. There you have it. I believe that does it, Dan. That's it. Those are next week's games. Those are next week's games. Don't forget to make sure that you make any adjustments if you are ever so inclined to the Winter Wonders entry. Pay attention. Mm -hmm. These things happen quickly, i.e. if Sam Hartman makes a decision. Mm -hmm. Just saying. Keep keep these things in mind because it is definitely a new world of college football that we find ourselves in right now in the year of our Lord 2022. Uh, We've got a show coming up in two days' time where we're going to talk to Brandon Huffman from 24-7 Sports. It's been our annual tradition. I guess we do it twice a year now because of yeah we'll, we'll check in again in february yeah be, because of the new calendar that they've instituted here but brandon is our go-to source for all things recruiting gives us a good portrait of what's going on in the world of recruiting not just with new signees but we got transfers we got just the whole picture that we need to paint forever ballers we will do that on the next episode so make sure you're tuned in if you have yet to hit follow or subscribe please make sure you do that as well dan and i will continue to put episodes out all throughout the off season We've cut it back to two a week now, obviously, yes. because there's a little bit less to talk about. But we obviously will make sure that we are in your feed every week in some way, shape, or form. Head on out to verballers.com if you want more info on how you can get some of the bonus perks as well, Dan. Oh, man. Ty, do you, I I know this about you. You love getting up in people's feeds. You just get do way I? up Is there in people's feeds. Yeah. Okay. That's what you just called me, like that we're up in people's feeds, which sounds weirder than I think you intended. But yeah. I like it. You know I would like it. Uh, can I ask you something ahead of the recruiting episode? Please. Where are you as a recruitnik right now? Because there is nobody... There is nobody who over the past 10, 15 years as recruiting in college football has changed pretty dramatically with realignment, with NIL, with transferring, with, you know, the amount of attention in the recruiting world. There's nobody who is exactly as tuned in 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 an extreme way in either direction as they were in, say, 2011, 2014, right? It's something that, like, you get hurt badly because you're so in Mm. or you get so excited and everything, all of your wildest dreams can come true of players that have no experience playing college football, right? So that it's recruiting fandom has to go in waves for everybody, right? That you're like, you haven't paid attention to it for a while, but things are looking kind of good. I'm sneaking back in or I've just been hurt too many times. We'll see what happens on signing day. I'm not paying attention all year long. Where are you as Notre Dame, Penn State, national recruit, Nick? You know where I stand on recruiting as a whole. Recruiting as a whole for almost the full duration of this show has been something I brushed up on as I needed to. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I know well enough here that recruiting is the lifeblood of the sport. Mm -hmm. Right? You have to follow recruiting. You have to start at that base level if you want to know who's going to be good and who isn't going to be good. So, you know, we follow it probably to a greater degree than most casual fans Right. Uh, We have to. That's just the nature of the beast here. 
but it was never anything I was too passionate about because there's just too much activity, too much moving and shaking. Totally. But now this added layer of NIL on the recruiting side has made things more interesting. It's made it interesting, right? And I mean, you, you hear, if you go on any message board, you hear the rumblings of guys switching recruitments, mm-hmm. switching commitments, decommitting, things like that because of NIL money. You hear the impact that the transfer portal has started to have on the recruiting world as well. Guys going places that maybe they don't want to go anymore now. The roster, the depth chart looks a little bit cloudier than it did when they originally committed. So I have definitely taken up a new appreciation in recruiting, if only because of these outside variables that have been introduced into the sport. I understand why people hate it. I may come to hate it. If and when Notre Dame finds a quarterback that I feel good about, who maybe right. is thinking of going to USC to play for Lincoln Riley and win a Heisman and go to the NFL, I could be there before long. But at least at time of recording, at time of recording here, mm-hmm. December the 19th, I'm all in. I'm all in. I have started paying attention well, in a way that I have not paid attention before. That's not just with the portal. That's not just with NIL, but that's with actually reading these websites and, and so, trying, to, trying to imbibe all things recruiting. So how... During this Marcus Freeman full process, his mm. first full cycle, which is not really the full cycle. The full cycle is like a two, three year thing. But how closely have you paid attention this last year of Marcus Freeman? How closely have you paid attention to Penn State's current class? Like, are you anytime anybody commits? Do you know anytime anybody decommits? Anytime there are rumors about, oh, this guy's visiting. This guy took a secret visit. This guy canceled his visit last second. Like, are you up to like the day? With those kinds of things, I'm not state Notre Dame. No, we're not. We're not getting real time alerts. We're not okay. at that level, but we are definitely checking in once, twice a week at this point. And as we've gotten closer, yeah, to the activity now with uh, with obviously transfers, with early signing day, things of that nature. It's been more of a frequent check in. So not real time alerts, but definitely following enough of the real time accounts on Twitter that. If I'm not reading about it a few days after the fact, I just mm-hmm. happen upon it in the normal flow of news and whatever else that I'm reading. So right. definitely paying closer attention to it because does Mark, it affect you? Well, like so so like Notre Dame lost its biggest commitment, right? They lost it Keon Keeley. I'm not, yeah. I, I don't know every name. Sorry, I apologize. But yes, yeah. a big time edge guy from is he from Florida? Yeah. And he's now gonna go to Alabama. Does that affect you? I'm not talking about like you spiking your phone or something like that, but will you see that news that he's decommitting and like feel something? Yes. Okay. I will. I will. And to that end, there have been rumors of other potential yeah. commitments on the Notre Dame side that, you know, maybe are are dipping their toes in foreign waters. Yeah. I feel foreign that waters. Bit. I feel that a little bit. You know, yeah. that, that just that just irks me for for as much as I love the transfer portal and appreciate this new era of guys moving and shaking and the AAU thing every year having to put together a roster kind of on the fly for as much as I love that. It does hurt when it happens to you. It yeah, just, it just it just kind of irks you. A little I bit. um, I have I've put up some guard in previous years and I let down my guard yeah. for the fir- first full cycle of Dan Lanning. And at the time of recording, it appears that Oregon's going to lose the jewel of their class to UCLA quarterback Dante Moore. And uh, I, I have, I'm very confident because especially Dan Lanning did well in the portal. So like you can tell yourself it's okay. They can fill in gaps in other ways, but you lose the jewel. Yeah. You lose a couple jewels. Like I think it appears and we'll, I we're what 48 hours ahead of thing, but like, I have been affected. <laughs> I have too. I don't think there's any way around it. I don't think it's, there's any way around it. If you are going to at all pay attention to recruiting, and I don't care if you're an Ohio State fan who just lost, I think, a 2024 five-star quarterback, you're an Alabama fan, a Georgia fan, maybe not a Georgia fan. Short of Georgia, if you let yourself get pulled into recruiting news, it's very difficult to do halfway, and it's 100% impossible do not let it hurt you. It's it's 100% impossible. So like case in point, the North Carolina rumors around Drake May. Yeah. Everybody wants Drake May. Who wouldn't want Drake May? Even Devin Leary, right? Mm-hmm. Devin Leary was very, very good when he was healthy for NC State. Mm-hmm. 
Devin Leary has obviously thrown his name in the portal. I would love to have Devin Leary on my team. That mm-hmm. possibility is what keeps me going back for more news, right? It's like golf. You get one mm-hmm. of them, one good shot. Oh, yeah, okay, now I want to play every day. But if you're on the Drake May side of things, if you're a Carolina fan, that will he, won't he, that constant curiosity about what is this kid thinking? Yeah. He has clearly declared. Deep message board rumors, yeah. Deep message, like he has declared that he's going to stick around with UNC, that he's a Tar Heel forever. Good, that's that's great. But I do fear that day when that happens to one of my teams where you've yeah. got that quarterback that everybody knows is the real deal. And just the, the, the nature of the beast. Now, I think it was Washington state, their coach, Jake Dickert said it, you know, there's so much tampering going on now that it's, it's hard to keep track of. And this isn't sure. what it should be. And, you know, every coach is going to, going to echo, I think similar sentiment, but I do fear that day when that happens to me, it will happen at some it, point. It's odd. That was the first like real oddity to me that Drake may, that there was never a public intention of like, I'm entering the portal that out of nowhere, he had to affirm yeah. he's star quarterback, freshman legacy at North Carolina had to affirm, of course I'm staying with North Carolina that, that, that had to be made because yeah. of the noise around the new reality of Drake Mays were something crazy. And if North Carolina is not willing to, to figure out the funds, somebody will it's, and and now, so I mentioned that it's Dante Moore that had that has been committed to Oregon forever, and it seems overwhelming that he is going to go to UCLA. Now, though, I'm balancing. Man, he seemed like the quarterback of the future. What a bummer! With well, if UCLA is paying him a crazy amount of money, or somebody affiliated with UCLA, good for him. I mean, what, what am I going to tell? It's not, it's not my money either way. And if he has value and he's maximizing his value in a very precarious sport physically, good for that guy, man. I don't know. Like, how can I be upset about that? Good for him. And you can be upset about what it means for the sport and where talent goes. But at the end of the day, good for him. Yeah. That's all. New reality, man. New, New reality. reality. So listen, everybody out there, enjoy this first full week of bowl games, we are going to be back again, two days time from now, talking through all things, recruiting, trying to bring you up to speed as best we can. As we go into next week, we will have more bowl previews, more bowl previews about some of the bigger games that are coming up a little bit later on in the cycle. In addition to the new year six and the college football playoff, you have that to look forward to next week. Um, beyond that, Dan, again, going out to solidverbalive.com, Come and see us. In LA, we'd love to have you as part of the live audience as we record our One True Champion show, codename. Yes. Also for ballers.com, where you can go if you want to be part of the Discord community, get access to bonus features, early access to these shows, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's all I have. For that guy over there, my good friend, Dan Rubenstein. For myself, Ty Hildebrand, thanks again for downloading, listening, playing along at home. Enjoy your week. Talk to you in a few days. Stay solid. Peace.